you guys both think, right, we're all on the same page as Sam Bradford rides in on the white horse and saves the day, right? Yeah, oh, seven, yeah. eight Absolutely. touchdowns. Yeah, like it's not Bradford back. Gronk's out. Bradford's back. <laughs> you tell me who's going to win. <laughs> take, it, take it to the bank. Take it, take it to the bank. Take it, take it to the bank. Welcome on in, Eagles fans, to episode 19 of our Eagles podcast here on NJ.com, the No Huddle Show. Every week we're with you, and that sounds you heard there as we opened up this podcast was us from last week talking about the upcoming Eagles-Patriots game, which obviously was one of the upsets, maybe the upset of the season for the Eagles. We laughed it off last week, and what do you know? 35-28, the Eagles go to Foxborough. They do what almost no one thought they actually could. They get a win, and they've changed the conversation once again. I'm Joe Gillio with me as always, Elliot Parks. Elliot, how are you, bud? Can't believe, I can't believe what I saw this past weekend. I can't either. And also with us, as always, Mark Echo. Mark, how are you? I'm good, Joe. Uh, no, I, I don't think any of us can believe what we saw. And in a way, it almost, it almost completely changed everything. I mean, think about where we were two weeks ago, Elliot, after that game on Thanksgiving, when they had given up 90 points in a span of four days to where yeah. we are now, recording this on a Tuesday morning, the Eagles back in it. Um, it's just an amazing turnaround and it took that kind of win to do it. Yeah. And I, you know, I think about where, what we, what we were talking about two weeks ago, you know, we're talking about, is Chip going to be fired? Is Chip going to leave? Um, you know, is the locker room quitting on him? And I remember us three talking and I don't think any of us were in the camp of firing Chip. And I think after that win, I think it just shows why it was silly to even ever think about, you know, letting Chip go. But I do think what surprised me is I didn't get the sense when we recorded that podcast. It was after the uh, it was after the um, the Buccaneers game before the before the Lions game. But even after the Lions game in the locker room, I didn't get the sense from the players that they were that they were ready to like save their season. It just didn't feel like that. I'm not saying they quit on Chip or anything. It just didn't didn't feel like they were going to save their season. But I will say in the days leading up to the Patriots game, talking to some of the players. I really think that break that, you know, that like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, they had off um, after the, the uh, Lions game really kind of it just seemed like it was good for this team. They, they seem refreshed when I talked to them before the Patriots game. And all that being said, though, I didn't think there was any way they were actually going to win that game. And I remember sitting in the, the press box at Gillette with uh, with Mark and a few other writers before the game. And we're all kind of saying, you know, maybe they can keep it close, blah, blah, blah. But ultimately, no one actually thought they would win. And then I not kept only did they saying win. shock the world. Yeah. I, I, I kept saying shock the world, and you guys want to listen. But not I only did they close not, shock the world, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, shocking the world would have been by losing less than 10. I mean, really. But, like, not only did they, they win, they, I mean, they were smoking them for a part of the game. You know, I mean, there were, was it 31 14 or something like that. So, I mean, the, you know, in the NFL, things change quickly. And I think, you know, you don't want to, like Chip will say, you don't want to overreact. And after that Cowboys win a few weeks ago, it seemed they were going to, they, they were going to turn their season around. And then they had the three worst losses of Chip's career, probably. So who knows what what's going to happen next? But I think it's certainly fair to view this team a lot differently after uh, after that win. I think we have to because they woke up. They obviously played hard for Chip, and they went up there. And Mark, it reminded me the way they won that game, the, the different plays, the different mechanisms to having that upset there with the defense making plays, the special teams. It reminded me of a game from 2014, the beginning of last season, when you know their offense wasn't great, but they scored on special teams. They scored on defense, and 
you look up at the scoreboard and they have a lot of points up there, even though they didn't exactly, you know, move the ball up and down the field. It reminded me of a game from last year. A little bit. Yeah, you're right. Where special teams was, I mean, special teams last year was the best in the league, by far the Eagles' best uh, unit. And this year hasn't been bad. I mean, the special teams, other than the blocked punt, uh, they suffered themselves in the, of the Miami game. Um, they've been good. I mean, they haven't, you know, let's not get this, but they, but they weren't, like they were last year, so everybody was looking at them like a little, a little differently, and they came up. You know, they scored fourteen points against the Patriots. That's that's really impressive. Um, but I'm going to get back to Elliot's. You know, you you guys are saying that you you couldn't believe what you watched. I was surprised too. Don't get me wrong, but I think I was more using the, using that phrase "couldn't believe what I was watching" more so in the Lions game and, and the Tampa Bay game. I couldn't believe yeah. the Eagles. Listen, I don't think I still don't think they're a Super Bowl team. Never have. Nothing's going to convince me that this team's going to a Super Bowl. I thought they were a playoff team at the beginning of the year. I I didn't give up hope. You know, even during the bye, I, I wrote a thing saying why they're going to win a division. Um, I couldn't believe that they were that they could play that poorly. Um, so I'm. I was more. I thought they put it this way. If, to use one of Elliott's things, better chance of them beating the Patriots or getting blown out by Tampa Bay or Detroit, I would have said better chance they could upset the Patriots. Then, you know, the let's keep in mind, New England's very good. Yes, they're a very good team, but they're, they have flaws. And the Eagles exposed a few of those. Uh, I mean, I, I think New England, all of a sudden, people are starting to wonder. I don't think they're going to Super Bowl. I've been saying that for a while. I, don't, I think all, this, all the injuries, everything is, is going to catch up to them. If they have to go on, if they if they don't get home field throughout, and right now they're the third seed, I don't think they're going to the Super Bowl. I don't think this team's as great as everybody is making it out. But yes, they have Tom Brady, but the Eagles beat him up too. By the way, they beat him up. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, the, the thing I'll say about you know you, you touched on it, you know, and Joe did as well with the special teams is the only concern going forward if you're the Eagles was. So last year they won with the special teams, but really the special teams haven't won the many games so far this season up until this past Sunday, and the Eagles were 4-7. Yeah, maybe, maybe the Jets came. But I guess, what I'm, I guess my point is what you saw was, and you wrote, you wrote this, uh, well, you know, we'll talk about Sam Bradford. I thought Bradford played well, even though he had, only had 140 yards. I mean, he, he made a few really big plays when they needed him to. But the question is, you know, going forward, and now realistically we have to talk about this team in playoff contention because they're tied for first in the division. So – you know, it, the way the Eagles won on Sunday, is that a, a sustainable way to win these next four games? I mean, no. I mean yeah. No. And so that's – No. no. <laughs> so the, I guess then ultimately the offense is going to have to play better than it did against the Patriots, I guess is where I was going with that. If they're going to win – and I, look, I think they – I think they're honestly, I don't think the offense division. played poorly. They weren't on – I mean, they only scored 14 points, but they didn't – If when the defense scores for you – or the special team scores for you, that takes the ball out of the offense's hands. So they didn't have it. The Eagles didn't have a lot of possessions in that game. Well, and the thing is, and I mean, we all know I'm the big, I'm the biggest Bradford hater out there. So, you know, for me to say this, but like the reason they, one of the reasons they won that game, like they don't win that game with Sanchez because no. Sanchez turns the ball over. Bradford didn't play amazing. He did not. He made a few really good plays. And that's what you yes. want from your quarterback. When you need a big play, he made them. His two touchdown passes were really good. The third and 11 pass was really good. He had a few other big throws, but he didn't turn the ball over. And that's why early on when the Patriots went up, I think they went up 14 nothing. 
Um, you know, that's like that would be a prime place there where if a team's going to fall apart, the quarterback throws a pick, the Patriots go up twenty one, and it really starts to snowball. Like Sanchez, for as much as I think people underrate him, he does not do well when games get away from him. The games start to snowball. Bradford, you know, he didn't turn the ball over, and he kept the Eagles in it at least by not making it worse. And then this when given the, the chance, he, he made the plays. This is the Sam Bradford that Chip Kelly thought he was getting when he made the trade with the Rams. I mean, let's be honest. Chip, hopefully, Chip, I thought he, hopefully I thought he was going to be better than that. I don't know. Why? What would make you think he'd be better than that? Well, this is like if you're hoping. Like if What's you're that? Hoping. If no, you're hoping, so. though. Chip's not a dreamer. I mean, Chip's a realist, and, he's also, yeah. and, he, and he knows quarterbacks. You, when, when, he traded for, when he traded Nick Foles in a second-round pick for Sam Bradford, he didn't think he was getting Aaron Rodgers. He didn't call Green Bay and offer Nick Foles in a second for Aaron Rodgers. I mean, you know, he was, yeah. getting, he was getting Sam Bradford. That's what he was getting. But he wanted a guy that made good decisions and didn't, you know, protected the ball and made some plays. He's not – Sam Bradford's not going to wake up today and, and become one of the best quarterbacks in football. He's just not. He's, he is what he is. But early in the season, he was playing like one of the worst quarterbacks in football. He's not right. that bad. He's not the as turnovers. bad as I think, I think it was a combination of rust from not playing for whatever it was, a year and a half, um, from learning a new system. Uh, from having a lot of guys around him that weren't helping him with drop balls and whatever, you know, bad line play. So it was part of his, you know, I think there was a lot going wrong. Now the last, you know, starting with the Dallas game, the Miami game, and then let, let's be honest, they win. If he doesn't get hurt, they win the Miami game. I mean, that's, a, that's, I don't think anybody could argue that because he yeah. doesn't, that ends up pick like, like Sanchez does. I wouldn't uh, say it's a lock, but I'll agree. Oh, they won. Yeah, they not. It's a lock. They would have won that game. They don't lose that game if, if, if he doesn't get hurt. Um, and who knows what they would have done. I don't know. I mean, you know, he couldn't stop the defense from giving up 45 points, but I just wonder when he got hurt and Sanchez went in and threw that interception, if the team just didn't get deflated, if, if those two games were like, Oh, we're not going to win. We got Sanchez out there. He's going to throw picks, you know, not that this team is, you know, they should be a little tougher than that. But, um, again, and I'm not saying Bradford is any way, you know, like I said, he's not. He is what he is. But he made. He did what Chip thought he would do. He he made very good decisions Sunday. Very good. And then he, I, the, play the thing with, to me. Sorry, go ahead. No, so, and he made the big plays. All those third down conversions. Every both touchdowns were third down. The pass to Cooper was third down. The earlier pass to Jordan Matthews for like I guess it's the biggest play, the biggest gain of the day, the twenty yard pass was on right. third down. They're big. They're they're dry. If they if he doesn't make any of those plays, they're all drive stoppers. Yep. Either punting or kicking field goals instead of if they kick a field goal instead of scoring a touchdown on one of them, it's a whole different game. And you know, we kind of started the podcast by saying, like, how does this change outlook on the season? And we've talked about this a little bit the past few days, but like, so how does this change the outlook on Bradford? I mean, I wrote before the game on Sunday, I wrote, look, no matter what Bradford does over these next five games, you can't re-sign him because the sample size would be too small with the five games against the larger sample size of his career and really his time with the Eagles where he hasn't been good. And I don't think he's a quarterback that can lead this team to a Super Bowl. And I still don't think that – I still probably wouldn't re-sign him. But even I'll admit, I mean, you go into New England and you win that game, and I know the Patriots aren't – you know, this isn't the 16-0 and Patriots from a few seasons ago. They were pretty – I mean, you know, they were 10-1. They're better one. in this league, though. Yeah. Well, yeah, they're one of the best teams in this. I mean, I think, I, think they're, the I think they're the best, but they're, they're still, Well, know. but I think you can make the argument going to Gillette to pay, to oh, play yeah. Tom Brady is probably the hardest game in, in the NFL. 
Oh, I think so. I mean, he was 51-4 and four his last 55 games there. I mean, it's tough right. to go in there and win. It really is, no matter what they have, no matter who. They, yeah, and it, it opens the conversation back up, Elliot, certainly with Bradford. And now, the next four weeks, or how many they stay in it, but you would think all four weeks, considering the division the way it is, it's hard to fall out of it. They're going to become you know, double-edged sword games. Not only are they big for the Eagles, but they're big for Bradford, too, because now... I remember, Elliot, you said earlier in the year, I mean, how many big games has this guy ever played in, in, you know, in the NFL? He had that one game in his rookie year, the last game of the season, you know, he ironically. Yeah, and ironically, wasn't that a 7-9 and nine yep. kind of Rams team, too? Yeah, that was trying to win a, a division, and he lost it. But he hasn't played in any big games for three, four years now, and now he's going to have a whole month of them, you would think, coming up right now. But that's the question. Like, do you let what happens over these next four games, and including the Patriots game, so five, do you let that dictate what you do? Because I think that's a dangerous it's thing. It's more to do than five. Don't why are you throwing out the Dallas and Miami game? Well, they lost the Miami game. All right, fine. All right, okay. He so, left he, the field with the lead. Yeah, uh, he, he <laughs> heard did. that before. Well, what happened to that guy? Yeah. All right, fine. Even including those games, but I guess my point is, I mean, all right. Well, here's why I'd say that because before the before the Patriots game, if I would ask you should they re-sign Sam Bradford, I think I both, say, all of us would have said no. Would you agree with that? I yeah. still might say no. He, hey, he. Can well, that's go, my uh, point. That, but that's my point. Do you let? Like, we all would have said no before the Patriots game. Do you let these next five games, or including the Patriots? Do you let that? Sure. You would. That, that, hey, that, that's my question. Is is that if he lights out? If he plays lights out the last month, and and they and they go four and zero, oh, they go four and zero, oh, and he plays, he puts up a quarterback rating of anywhere from ninety five to one hundred five every game. He throws nine touchdowns and one interception, and they go. Well, you be you have to think about resigning him. He looks pretty damn but would good. Would you? That's not, would I? Yeah. I mean, they're going to think about it either way. They're going to think about it either way. I think I say yes at that. If he if he does what I, what I just said, now it almost me, would be hard I, not to then, that. right? What's it almost that? would be hard. It almost would be hard not to. Like if if he plays that well, right. and they they do win this division because if they won their last four, obviously yeah, they, they would win, win the division. division. Um, and they go to the right postseason. Away. Would he switch quarterbacks again going into their, you know, to his fourth year after coming off a postseason berth? I don't. I I feel like he'd be back if that happened. But we're not asking the real question here. What's that? Do you think he's going to do that? <laughs> I didn't think they'd beat the Patriots, so I have no okay. idea. What do we know? They lose to Tampa Bay and Detroit either. But I don't know. You're, you're you're the Bradford optimist. All of a sudden, you got. No, I'm not. I'm just. I'm a Bradford <laughs> realist. <laughs> I'm asking, do you think he's going to do? I don't. Ask me. I don't think no. I don't think he's going to put up a quarterback rating of between 95 and 105 and throw nine touchdowns and one. I know I don't. But if he honestly, does, I think he might. <laughs> and I can't believe I'm saying it, but like he's not turning the ball over. I think okay. I mean, I, they're all winnable games. Even the the Cardinals game is too. the one where it. Might, I think that could be rough for him. Actually, the Bills' defense is still pretty good. I don't know. I mean. I just feel like he is playing better, and this would, like I said, this would be classic Bradford. Like, right before he's about to be a free agent, right? But, like, this is, like, he's about to earn himself another huge contract, I think. And the question is, are the Eagles going to be the team to give it to him? And I don't know if they should be that team, is, is ultimately my well, point. Well, there's, there's the other side of that coin, too, is, let's say, all right, but let's play it out that he does play very well, and they go 4-0, and or even 3-1, and one, they, and he's, the Eagles want him back. Does he want to come back? I mean, I think he goes wherever the most money is. 
Right. So I'd, we'll, I'd agree with that. He'll, he'll go where there's someone pays him. As well as Philadelphia's money, and there's no state tax in Texas. Hey, you should go to the Cowboys. There you go. Cowboys, <laughs> Houston, there's a lot of teams that are looking for quarterbacks. They always are, yeah. And he and he'll be a if he's healthy and he plays well down the stretch, he'll he'll be a sought after guy. And if the Eagles play well, it'll just enhance his his profile. So I mean, Bradford, Elliot, you mentioned the throws he made down the stretch, hitting Cooper for that first down, and the clock ran a little bit more. That was that was a gigantic play for. Oh, that was huge. It was a huge play for each of you outside of Bradford and, and the plays he made as the quarterback, which was important. Who gets the most credit for what they did on Sunday? Is it, you know, is it big picture like Chip or Billy Davis? Is it a certain player that stood out for you? I mean, for me, I thought Malcolm Jenkins, after the, the stir he caused last week with his comments that were, you know, from the heart, he meant what he said. But I thought he played maybe his best game as an Eagle. He was everywhere, not just the 99-yard interception return. I just thought he had a great game even without that. That was obviously the exclamation point. Elliot, who stood out to you? Who gets the most credit for what they did on Sunday? If I'm giving the game ball to somebody, I think I'm giving it to Billy Davis. And then in that way, representing the whole defense, just because, I mean, man, like you give up 45 straight points. Well, I guess 38 and one and 45 and another, like that's ugly. And I mean, then you go to New England, you're facing Tom Brady. I know they're banged up, but that's still like, I thought they were going to get smoked. And the defense played very well for 50 minutes of that game. I mean, at the end, they, it they got a lot little... of those drop passes by the Patriots wide receivers. Hey, you know what though? I mean, I think at this point, if the if you told me the Eagles were going, we're only going to give up fourteen points to the Patriots or something like that through three quarters. No, no. All right, but let me. I'm saying they're only give up fourteen points through three quarters, and I know they almost blew it at the end. Yeah, but but they didn't. So ultimately, they got to stop when they needed it for what that's worth. And you know, they they, they in that same situation in Week Four, they blew it against Kirk Cousins. So let's give them credit for stopping Tom Brady on 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 the road. I just think the defense was under – Chip was under a lot of scrutiny, but so was the defense and Billy Davis. And to, to be probably the – not the main reason, but one of the top two reasons they won that game is huge. I mean, I think I, that's, that's why I'd give my game ball to. I'm giving it to Darren Sproul. I knew you were going to say that. As soon as I finished my answer, I thought of him. That, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, guy, the guy took over on a moment's notice as your top running back and kind of didn't, didn't have a monster game, but had a, you know, a very efficient – you know, ran ran hard, made some big plays, and then had the punt return. That, that if without that punt return, it, we're going overtime. And who do you think is going to win in overtime? Sam Bradford's going to win in overtime. That's who's <laughs> going to win in overtime. Oh, yeah, you better call heads. <laughs> if Brady gets it, he might go down the field on you. So, no, I think Darren. I mean, Darren Sproles for everything he did it in that. Actually, combining it with, with with Joe's pick, I might give a game ball to Sean Payton for letting me get Ma- Malcolm Jenkins and Darren Sproles. There you go. Yeah, they can. Those that team could use those guys right now. Um, but they were great. Sproles was great. Two hundred and fifteen all-purpose yards. The punt return. Um, before we move on and talk about maybe some of the issues now, the big game coming up, the guy that's coming back in that big game, and and this team is where they stand. What point in that game for each of you did you start thinking they might be able to do this? I mean, I know the thirty-five points kind of snowballed there, and then they took a big lead. But, you know, they were down 14 nothing early in the middle of the second quarter. Elliot, for you, what, what was the moment in that game where you said, you know, the Eagles might beat the Patriots? I thought when they, when they took a 21-14 lead, to me, I thought, I thought they could do it. Just because to come back from 14, I mean, when, when it was 14 nothing, me and Echo looked at each other in the press box and was like, well, this is over. Like, there's no way the Patriots are blowing a 14-point lead. I think we even both said if it got to 10 nothing. The Eagles probably weren't going to come back. So you said that. I, yeah, I, 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 
Yeah, I said that, yeah. <laughs> and we started talking about Pulitzer Prizes and stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but so, I mean, when they when they took the lead, to me, I just kind of felt like this was their day. To come back from that, to fight back, to get the lead. I mean, you, and then you do it on a blocked punt. And uh, I think that was the punt return the one that put him up 21? That might have been a touchdown. But regardless, you, you take the lead. I just thought at that point this seemed like their day. Mark, yeah. how about for you? Was it the punt return? Was it the it interception was, return? No it, was, no, it was two things prior. It, was, it wasn't either one of those plays. It was when they blocked the punt and tied it at halftime. I think I said to you, I said, uh-oh, this is – we got a game now. Yeah. And I, But I thought the biggest thing I, – I believe New England got the ball to start the second half, correct? They did, which made – I thought, Mark, made their – their two-minute drill, if you want to call it that, before the half, before the block punt, so strange because it felt oh, like they uh, were just gonna, they were going to run the ball, run the clock out, get yes. the ball coming out of the half, and then they pass on third down and and set up the block punt. That was yeah. New England, Bill Belichick had a bad day. He did a bad bad day. Whether it was him or his, whoever his, I, I he, yeah. We can get into that a little bit later. But when they blocked the punt, I said, okay, we got a game now. And then, but I thought even more important was. If New England would have got the opening kickoff or the, the, the second half kickoff, I'm sorry, and gone down the field and scored, okay, that's everybody know. But when they stopped them on that drive and then they got the ball back, and that's that's when I said, I, and I'll be honest, I thought if you look at the score I picked, and I told Elliot this during the week and, and while we were eating breakfast or lunch, whatever it was, be, before the game, I kept saying the Eagles are going to play well today. They have too much pride. There's too much. You know they played so poorly the last week. So I said they're going to play the, they're going to play well enough to beat a lot of teams today. I don't know if they're going to play well enough to beat the Patriots. But then I watched the Patriots, seeing the Patriots in person, and I wasn't that impressed. I mean, I, maybe I'm maybe it was just a bad day for, for them all around. But the Eagles played well. They, 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 the Eagles played that game every game. This, if they play that game from here on out, they're going to they're going to go four zero. I just don't know if they can. Um, but I thought they would play. Well, I thought it would be close, but New England, because they're New England and because they're home and because they have Tom Brady, would find a way to win. Um, they put themselves in too big a hole to, to, to come back and win. But, um, yeah, I mean, the, when you score on three returns in a game, it's hard to lose. You should win the game when you do that. Yeah. You really should. And they did it, and now they move forward here. After all those great moments on Sunday, they beat the Patriots 35-28, 5-7, back in this thing. But, of course, every game, no matter how well you play, there's always – They're never really out of it. Even if they lost, they'd only be a game out. (laughs) I guess it's true. I mean, I guess that's just natural to say you're back in it. But you're right. They were never out of it in this weird division. Um, So as we move forward from the Patriot game and look forward to the last month, there's always something that's negative, no matter what you do in a game, even if you win. And this time – it, it felt like DeMarco Murray, and, and what maybe was a big change here is they, they basically went away from him for long stretches of the game. You guys wrote about it, basically benched eight carries, um, less than 25 yards, and then uh, we're doing this podcast on a Tuesday morning. Some news came out that he apparently went to Jeff Fleury. There was a report to talk about his role and, and how he fits in this offense. I mean, it's obviously not going well here, Elliot. We, uh, year one for DeMarco Murray with the Eagles. And, you know, they were more comfortable in the end of that game, giving the ball to Sproles most of the time. And even Kenyon Barner was getting carries. And he fumbled the ball. So for what it's worth. But look, I mean, I'd cut DeMarco. I just think it's a failed experiment. You don't put – you don't continue to invest in a bad – I mean, I know it's a big cap hit next offseason. You know, 
they they're gonna pay him eight million dollars if he stays. To cut him, they pay him thirteen million a total. So it's really only a five million dollar difference. I just don't think he's happy. I don't think he's a fit. He doesn't. He isn't playing well. I think you're better off going young at the position. I mean, we saw what the speed of Sproles and Barner. It just made the offense look better. I mean, they you know they were productive. I mean, Demarco Murray had five carries for one yard in the in the first half of that game. Ron Hayes five for one. Yeah, and uh, Sproles and Barner had ten carries for for I think it was like sixty nine yards. So they were just way more productive. I mean, you can't continue to play Demarco. And then there's the off the field stuff. And I don't. I'm not saying he's a bad influence in the locker room. You know, that's kind of like a gray area to go into. But he just doesn't seem like super thrilled to be here. Maybe that's just his personality. And, you know, that's just my reading into it. He just doesn't seem like he's, he's happy. And, I mean, clearly, why would he be? And he's not playing well. I'll tell but, you why he could be. He has 40 million reasons to be happy. Yeah, but <laughs> I just – but I would, I would release him. I just think they're better off going in a, in a new direction of running back. I don't really think you, you want him in the locker room. I know you take the cap hit, but you know what? It was a bad – you got you got to take the hit. It is what it is. You got to take the hit. But I just don't think you can bring him back. Is there any way – I know this – I doubt it. I'm, I'm going to answer my own question. But is there some team – is there one team desperate enough, dumb enough, <laughs> feeling that he could be their guy that, that you could maybe trade him? Well, I mean, a team did give up a second-round pick for Sam Bradford. So you never know what's <laughs> going to happen out there. But, Anything could happen. I mean, I guess. Yeah. I guess someone would maybe if they are desperate. I mean, the contract – you're not trading him. You're trading his contract. I think if if he was – you know, if, if his contract wasn't what it was, I think you could definitely get somebody to give you, you know, a mid-round pick for a guy that led the league in rushing just a year ago. I don't know if anybody's going to take on that contract. That's what's – I don't – but you never know. It only takes one team to say, hey, you know. like. And the cap hit – I'm pretty sure the cap hit's only $8 million. The cap would only be $8 million for the team that traded for him. It wouldn't be right, 13. Right, if, if you assume the contract. Elliot, on the point you made – um, with the way he's run and the way the other guys look better. On the TV broadcast, it was Tom Brenneman and, and Charles Davis for Fox. And Charles Davis went on and on about it to the other two backs. He was talking about how Sproles hits the hole so well and so hard and how about Barner finishes runs, obviously the, the fumble notwithstanding, um, right. late in that game. But And th- those two things Murray's not doing. I mean, he got criticized yeah. so much for sliding against the Dolphins, and obviously he doesn't hit the hole well. I mean, we've talked all year about the fit in this offense, or is he just not that good of a player right now for whatever reason, whether he was injured earlier, the, all the carries last year? Is this fit, or is he just not that good right now? I just don't think he's that good right now. I mean, just when you watch him run, I mean, how many, how many plays this year have you, you know, has he made where, where you're like, wow, that looks like a talented running back? I mean, maybe two, three? I mean, yeah, I mean, so I just don't think there's very – I mean, you know, even McCoy last year – when the offensive line struggled, he didn't have a good year. There were still moments where, you know, he'd be behind, behind the line of scrimmage, but he'd make a guy miss, or, you know, he'd get an open field, and you, you could just see the, the raw ability. With DeMarco, I don't see that. I mean, I, can, I guess you could see why he was successful in Dallas, because he is a big guy, and he does run hard. But, but this year, I mean, he just, they're, they're, it doesn't seem like a fit, and he just, look, I mean, history, you know, shows that when a guy has as many touches as DeMarco did last year, the following season, they always take a massive step back, and that's what's happening again. Now, I don't know what history shows about players bouncing back from that down season, but he doesn't seem like a guy that you know next year is going to rush for fifteen hundred yards. And I just, I just don't, I just, I don't think they should bring him back. I mean, I know it's the cap hit, but like, I just think you know, you it's almost a little bit like the Miles Austin thing. I mean, who they released, you just got to admit when you made a mistake, and I think Demarcus clearly different. been a mistake. 
It's different than Miles Austin, though. Miles Austin was in the final year. I mean, that was a you didn't bring him in to be a star. You brought him in to be a backup receiver. I mean, yeah, but I think the concept's the same of just admitting when you made a mistake. And Demarco is clearly a mistake. Well, is it? I mean, it, it is this year. But like, like you said, I like to look up the history of the guy. All right, we all know that, and the Eagles gambled on this that when a guy has the carries that he had last year, the next year you take a step back. I like to know does the does the guy bounce back? Because you know, you know, you say get rid of him. Okay, great. So they 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 cut him, and he goes back to Dallas. And he gains fifteen hundred yards for the Cowboys next year, and then they win a division again. And now you look like now you made two mistakes. Yeah, I mean, I would say the chances of, I mean, who knows? Where maybe, but, right. who knows? But just because he's successful somewhere else, I mean, I think it's barring a complete change. It doesn't look that's like he's going to be successful here. <laughs> then yeah, like, ideally, yeah, you would trade him to Cleveland or something like that. Right. But but I just think I the chances of him coming back can. to hurt you are slim. My, you know what I thought the biggest indictment of Murray in that game was. Not only that he, he was only on the field for 14 snaps and only got eight carries. The end of the game. Yep. Why? I mean, and I like Kenyon Barner. I think he's a great kid. I think he has a decent future, you know, as a backup running back in the in the league. You're given a kid who hasn't played at all this season the carries at the end of the game to kill the clock. And that that's where it's hard to believe what that's Chip what said. But in the game. Right, because Chip says, oh, well, you know, we, we had – uh, Sproles and Barner in there because the Patriots linebackers are so big. And that's fine for the first three, three and a half quarters. But you're right. In a situation like that, I mean, you paid a guy that much money. Let's be honest. Has Murray fumbled this year? I don't think he's fumbled this year, has he? Maybe once, but he's he's certainly not a – Right. But regardless, even if he has fumbled once, I mean, that's your guy. That's your veteran guy right there. I mean – you're right. That that says it all right there. I mean, in terms of what they think fumble, of Murray. Yeah, one fumble this year. I, and now the question is, going forward, do you think his role is going to change? I mean, well, I don't know. Do you believe – Do you, how much do we believe – and, I and you know, I know Chip has to talk like a coach because he can't – he's not going to come out and say, hey, yeah, Murray stinks. We can't play him. I mean, even, right, you know, right. even if he feels that way, he can't say that. I mean, it's his guy on his team. He's not going to throw him under the bus. But do you believe – is there anything to be believed – and Chip saying that depending on the opponent, we're going to match up, you know, the guys that we feel fit better against that opponent. Or is it just all? Is- well, I don't know what type of opponent. I mean, they've faced a lot of opponents this year, and they haven't found one yet where Murray, I mean, he, <laughs> he's only got 100 yards in one game. So, team. Yeah, yeah. Who was that um, against? I don't know. I don't remember who that was against. I think it might have been the Giants. But um, there you yeah. go. He'll play last there game. you go. Yeah, week <laughs> week seventeen. Um, you got four games left. They have four back. So this week will be you know Matthews next. They don't each get one game. There you go. I, I think just, it's funny, no, Mark. I, but I don't think I don't think to your point. I think over these past from the ten days between the Lions and the Patriots, Lions and the Patriots game, I think it's clear Chip did some self evaluation in a lot of ways. I mean, he he cut Miles Austin. He promote he you know he put the younger receiver Kraus into the game. He admitted at his press conference on Monday that he ran the ball in the third quarter to kill some clock, which is something he's never admitted before, right. whether he's done it or not. And they they kept the uh, snap count down. I mean, they the, uh, yeah. the play clock or I mean, it was they were rolling it down to two and one, which well, that was that was and, good. They were mm-hmm. they were in their tempo, but they weren't running tempo. You know what I'm saying? Like they they gave a look of tempo, but they weren't. They were using the clock, which was smart. Right. And, 
And I think and my, 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 my final point is going to be, and then there's the whole Murray thing where, I mean, benching him is, I know he wasn't technically benched, but no, he, was benched. he was, he was, yeah. I mean, he was essentially benched. So, I mean, that's a big deal. So to me, I think it's clear Chips made some, some changes after those three losses. And I think well, one God, of them is Murray's well, not going to play did. as much. I mean, even it was a back, he first, he deactivated him and then he cut him. Right. And I, I do think one of those changes is Murray is not going to play as much down the stretch. I just don't, yes. I don't think it's going to happen. But it Barner, might not. It, Barner it's funny. having that fumble might have changed the plans. I will say. Oh, no, that. But Matthews is back. Yeah, and Matthews that, yeah. coming back. If Matthews comes back, it does change a little bit. Mark, you had said a, a couple minutes ago, I, I thought it was really interesting that, well, Elliot said, you know, is it just kind of the, the game plan, the fourth quarter, and you were going back and forth about uh, how he didn't play on that last drive? And it was Barner. He gave, the, he gave the ball to the kid to roll the clock out. And then, do we believe Chip in these post game press conferences? I do in terms of the game plan, but then the game changes. And when you get to the fourth quarter, like you guys were saying, and you have a lead, it doesn't matter what the matchups are at that point because you're just trying to run the clock out. You're trying to finish I just don't the want game. a fumble. The only right. thing I don't want there is a fumble. And, that's what, and unfortunately, Barner fumbled. And I think uh, the phrase Chip used, and he used this often in the postgame, was something about the way the game expressed itself. And the way I took that was, and I know he wasn't trying to throw Murray under the bus, but the game expressed itself as Murray's not playing well, so I can't put him on the field. <laughs> right, exactly. You, that's, you read that's the mind. way the that's... whole contract of Murray is expressing himself. <laughs> the... <laughs> you got to admit, I mean, Chip can't say that. Chip can't No, say obviously that. he can't say because that. Because he, no, he might need Murray. What if, what if Matthews, he doesn't, at that point, he doesn't, still doesn't know about Matthews, so he might be out more. We don't know. He doesn't. What if Sproles gets hurt next week? No, I he, I agree. I just think Chip can't things... Murray Chip can't publicly, you know, be negative about DeMarco Murray. He has to keep Murray and he may need Murray. I just I, no, I agree. And I, but I think all things being equal, barring, you know, an injury, which is certainly possible given, you know, the history of true. right. I but I think this is the game plan. I think if everyone's healthy, this is the game plan. It's gonna. It's gonna not oh. gonna be to give Murray the ball twenty plus times. Oh, it's be. oh no, absolutely not. It hasn't been. It hasn't been that way all year. He right. only, he's only had three games with twenty carries. And what a perfect week it is now to kind of move forward, and we can look at this next game coming up. The Bills are coming in on Sunday, six and sixteen, right in the thick of the AFC wild card race. They need this game. Uh, all this Murray stuff is swirling. We're talking about chips at Chip admitting mistakes or or maybe changing his philosophy based on, on mistakes he might have made. Well, that's going to be a theme this week because here comes LaShawn McCoy, uh, who's playing very well. He went out of that game last week with a concussion scare, but he looks to be fine and he's going to be ready to go. And um, this is on this is fascinating to me, Mark, on so many levels because you have Murray versus McCoy in one way, but then of course Kiko Alonso, who has not played well this year, out there literally against McCoy. Um, what are your thoughts with LaShawn coming back here? I mean, I think he's going to want it and probably will have a big game against the Eagles just based on everything. Yeah, um, he's playing well right now, too. Early in the year, he, struck, he, wasn't, he wasn't himself. He had the hamstring issue early. Wasn't playing great for the Bills at all. But I, think, I believe he has three straight 100-yard games now, right? I Am think I so. I mean, it's definitely been three or four of the last five. He's had yeah. really big games. Um, he's starting to roll. He's, he's starting to look like the guy that we've seen, you know, for, for years be one of the best backs in the league. And you know he's coming in with a lot. I mean, he's made his statements, but we all know what he said, and it was stupid to say it, but he, but he did anyway. And, you know, so he has – this is more than just – you know, I've seen a lot of former players come back, whether it's been Reggie White with Green Bay or Donovan McNabb with the Redskins or Deshaun with the Red. You know, but Shady's coming back, 
on with like he he's got a lot to to prove to Chip Kelly and and Eagle fans and um and I you know knowing Shady a little bit that I do he's gonna and no one and and his coach is gonna feed right in because it's not like he has a coach who's a low key keep it quiet no we're not gonna <laughs> make this kind of guy Rex Ryan's as nutty as they come so you know he's gonna say stuff you know Rex is gonna say stuff like oh yeah Shady's gonna stick it to you know you know he's it's gonna get it's gonna be fun. It's going to be a fun game. It's going to be a fun week. Um, and, yeah, I mean, do the Eagles sell out to stop Shady? I mean, I think they do. I mean, don't let Shady beat us, or do you play your straight game plan? Cause, I, I think you don't let Shady beat you because, I mean, I think even if Shady wasn't even – if, even if he wasn't a former Eagle, I think going into this game, your plan is to hopefully make Tyrod Taylor beat you. Okay. I mean – So you put an 8-8 eight, eight in the box? Yeah, I – I who's, would, covering, I mean, who's covering Sammy Watkins one on one down the field? Eric, Eric Rowe is. Come on, man. Yeah. Death row. <laughs> Death row. Eric Death Row. It's thrown there as I go home. No, but I mean, you know, I, I you know, it, it makes you wonder like, was it a mistake to trade McCoy? And I do think if you look at it straight up, is, would you rather have McCoy than Murray? I think clearly that answer is yes. I'm not, I haven't completely given up on Kiko like other people have. I mean, I think. I think a lot of it more more of it is rust than it is, you know, just pure. You've it, given it, up on Bradford. You've given up on, on Murray. Well, well, the difference, but you think Alonzo's going to be good? All right, well, here's the difference. The guy the can't walk. Bradford, Bradford <laughs> How never play played. When he fell down? Bradford never played at the level Kiko did as a rookie. And Murray, I think they're more. They were both rookies of the year. They were both one rookie all of right, the year. All right, but, all right. But, all right, will you agree Kiko was better than Bradford was? I don't know. I didn't see. I neither didn't see either one of them play up close. That year. I mean, he won defensive rookie of the year because people saw he had a lot of tackles and he motor for him. Well, he had a lot of turnovers. Like I mean, as you said, that that rookie class where Bradford got it must have been a bad rookie class. But regardless, my, my my point is, my point is, he still hasn't played a lot in two years. And I know you're saying this. I know it's the same argument for Bradford, but I just think Kiko has a better has that he's got a history of being an elite player where Bradford doesn't. If and Jordan Hicks is healthy. Is, is Kiko even on the field? No, I agree with I agree with you on that. That Kendricks has been better this year. Hicks has been better this year. Ryan, I think Good is better this year. Yeah, I agree with you. But my point is, my point is, I'm not ready to completely give up on Kiko. That's all. all right. I'm, that's all I'm saying. And I feel like a lot of people are because so we've got him play. <laughs> yeah, I mean, all right. I what mean, I'm just done since that, he had that great play against Atlanta, and he's been nothing but a liability since. So, all right. Well, here's well, here's where I was going. Would you would you do the McCoy for for Murray? Tra- I mean McCoy for Kiko trade again? No, I would keep did, McCoy. Did I have a lobotomy? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh, but you, you get, I mean you get the <laughs> I mean you get the cap space though. Cap right? space you, for my lobotomy. I would need a cap. I guess. <laughs> I, I I don't. Oh, think I, I would trade McCoy for Alonzo. No, but you you got taken. I mean, hey man, you can sign no, Byron Maxwell. <laughs> no, the answer is no. I would not. No. <laughs> All right, you you feel strongly about that. I'm I'm more, I'm more on the fence about it. I mean, if you, I just think the Murray the Murray signing was bad, so in that way, I would almost not do it just to prevent that from happening. I was but, fine with either one. I would have been very, and I said this to you when that when it all came down. I would have been very happy going into this year with Ryan Matthews, Darren Sproles, Chris, Chris Polk. Polk. Yep. And Kenyon Barner. I thought that would have been a fight. Or, or drafting one of the 20 good backs that were in this draft. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, but 
They didn't. So, <laughs> I mean, no, they, signed, why... they signed the leading rusher in the league. I couldn't, it was hard to criticize them for signing the guy that led the league in rushing, but it backfired on them. But I didn't mind trading, I didn't mind trading McCoy, I, even though I liked him. And, um, and he's a good, you know, you can't argue about him on the field. You could, you could talk about him off the field and he does some stupid things. But again, I wasn't, if you want to trade him because of the cap hit and all that kind of stuff, okay. I I would and if I would have got a second round pick for him or uh, something, uh, Kiko Alonso. Yeah, look at the time it didn't look bad, but you know he hurt the knee again. I think he's a shot. I think he's just a, it's a shame. I think his career got ruined by by knee injuries. We'll see. It might be. Yeah, he's not. He wouldn't be the first, but yeah, he no. hasn't looked good. Murray, obviously, there's a lot going on right now with him, and here comes Lashawn McCoy and the Bills on Sunday. So. That's going to be the main story. It's, it's obviously, and I wanted to say it's a must-win. It's probably more of a must-win for the Bills than it is for the Eagles just because, yeah. like you said earlier, Mark, I mean, it's impossible to get out of this division race. Three teams at 5-7, and seven, the Cowboys at 4-8. and eight. Um, We'll wrap up. I, I guess think just, are, are all four teams underdogs this week now, too? Uh, the Giants are in Miami, or they? Yeah. I haven't seen the line on that. I, mean, but, I think it's yeah. a, it was one point either way. I saw both. See, with the, Eagles, the Eagles opened as a two-point favorite, but now they're a one-point dog. And then you have the Redskins are at the the Bears, I believe. They'll be the an Bears underdog favorite. there. Dallas is in Green Bay, Green Bay's favorite. So they could all if form were to hold, they could all they could all lose this week. And they and then they'd be the same at five and, and eight. Have, four you nine. have three, five, and eight teams and a four and nine team with <laughs> now, three four weeks and nine team still having hope. <laughs> <laughs> Only That's the NFC East. That is the NFC East right now is um, as the Eagles are five and seven, tied for first place here. We have four weeks to go. Buffalo on Sunday. Um, and you know we'll see. We'll see where this season goes and where the rest of this, these four weeks go. Uh, but certainly, uh, that the one thing that has happened here. We'll, we'll we'll wrap with this. What's the one thing off of Sunday against New England? Now moving forward into the rest of the season, that's changed in your mind, Elliot. Is, did you change your mind on you know Bradford? Did you change your mind on the team itself? What what changed based on the win, or are you just kind of the same place you were at before the game? Honestly, I changed my mind a little bit on Bradford. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, honestly, that's the thing that made me think they could win this division. I didn't think he would play that well. I didn't think they would win that game. But you know what? He hasn't turned the ball over in three weeks. He made big plays. If he plays that level of game these next four games, the Eagles will win the division. Now, I'm, and I'm not, I don't think he'll – I'm, I'm still not ready to say I'm 100% sure he'll do it, but I'm a lot more confident he'll do it than I was before that week. So to me, the biggest thing that changed was, was Bradford. Mark, what changed for you the most? Off of yeah. the win, under their belt in New England, four games to go. What, what changed after that? I, gotta, I mean, I don't want to – I mean, I'll try to come up with something else. But, I mean, Brad, yeah, it is Bradford, though, because I wasn't as quite as down on him as Elliot was, but I, I agreed with Elliot prior to that game that there was no – I mean, I said it in the, in the press room last week that – yeah, I don't. There's no way you bring Bradford back. He's never going to be the guy. He's not going to. And I and I'm still not 100 percent sure that I think he's the guy, like a guy that can you, that you can go real far with. But he showed me something. He did. He showed me. And it's amazing that we're saying this in a game where he completed 14 passes for 120 yards. <laughs> because if you just look at the numbers, that's, that was the column I wrote the other day that you know he's better than his numbers. Because if you look at numbers, you say, my God, he didn't do anything. But he did. He made – I didn't think he would make those those four big plays. And they were big plays. They were all on third down. Um, and, again, I don't know. He might go out against Buffalo this week and, and be really bad. And then I'll be back to where I thought I was. Um, 
I guess the defense showed me a little bit too. Um, the way they got to Brady because the pass rush had been really anemic. I mean, I mean, and one of the reasons, and I don't want to, you know, but Vinnie Curry played about 40 snaps instead of 15. And he had like five quarterback hits. Should have had a sack. They gave it to Barwin. Um, so, I mean, the pass rush was really good. They beat Tom Brady. I mean, they sacked him four times, but they hit him a bunch of times. He was under duress most of the game. He didn't, he, there was only a couple of times where he sat back there and, and was able to make all his reads and, and look like Tom Brady. I mean, they really beat him up. They did, they did. and they, they, they really they played really well, well. Um, with that pass rush and the way they played down the stretch of that game. Eagles win. They move on. Buffalo coming in next. McCoy comes back. It's going to be a really fun week, and, and we'll see where this season uh, goes from here. Elliot, as always, thanks for doing this. No problem. Talk to you soon. Thanks, Mark. Thank you, Joe. And thanks to all of you for listening to Episode 19 of the No Huddle Show, our Eagles podcast right here on NJ.com. Follow the show at Elliot Shore Parks, at Mark Eccolo 8, at Joe Gilio Sports, most importantly, at the No Huddle Show. Follow the show. We'll tweet out all the links to the shows and uh, everything else going on during the week in between each of the games. Thanks for listening.